1: This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. It's been nearly four weeks since a 12-year-old Elkhart girl died by suicide. Rio Allred's family says she was bullied. They wanna see Rio's school and schools across our area do more to combat bullying.
2: Schools in Indiana are required by law to establish ways for people to report bullying, procedures for investigating bullying, and support to people who are bullied and the bully. So we wanted to know how this is handled in our area. What we found was that most school districts handle these reports similarly. We also found that many parents feel schools should be doing more. Rio Ulrid's mom is still processing her grief.
3: I mean, this shocked us in a way that, I mean, obviously we didn't see it coming.
2: Nicole Ball says her daughter's death by suicide on March 14th will haunt her forever.
3: And I know we can't get lost in that. We cannot get lost in the coulda, woulda, should haves We can't. We got a lot of work to do. She's getting to
2: work on Rio's Rainbow, an organization she's starting to help fight bullying and prevent another child from feeling like suicide is their only option.
3: Whatever it is they need the most, we want to do that for them.
2: Elkhart Community Schools won't talk specifically about Rio's case, but leaders say the district is right now doing an internal review.
4: It really is a, um, a much deeper story, and we do need to get all of the details, mainly to understand what happened and uh, primarily to prevent it from happening again.
2: Right now, district leaders say parents and students can report bullying by going online and making an anonymous report, or by notifying a teacher or school administrator. There are people at each school that are trained to investigate those claims and determine if they fit the state's description of bullying. Sarita Stevens, the Assistant Superintendent of Student Services says, most cases are conflicts, but some do fall in the category of bullying.
4: That's why you have to investigate it and you have to determine what is what so you can do the right kind of intervention. And generally we we always get the parents involved because it's absolutely necessary to make sure that the behavior doesn't happen again.
2: Steven says by law, the school district can't reveal the names of students or their resulting interventions, which is often frustrating for the person or families who've reported the incident.
4: I know that, that we get in a space where we don't want to have mercy on a student that is bullying, but uh, there are some things that that student also needs to learn. And so we do want to make sure that that uh, student also continues to develop and to develop out of that behavior so that they could become a good citizen.
5: I'm a concerned parent. I'm a teacher. I'm a mother. Um, I just want to do something, anything that I can do.
2: Laney Kieft has just created the 338th chapter of Stand for the Silent. It's a national organization that helps prevent and stop bullying. Kieft herself is a bullying
5: survivor. I can absolutely identify with the hopelessness and the the pain and the fear and the shame and just all the different feelings that a lot of our junior high and high school and probably even elementary students are experiencing. And now she's trying to help
2: her own child through a bullying situation. In fact, her daughter just
5: switched school districts to get away from a similar problem. What I worry is that in a junior high setting, there are so many students and so many issues that maybe there's a chance that in every building, every incident isn't necessarily getting the attention it deserves. And
2: Kieft isn't the only parent who's reached out to WSBT with concerns. In just the past three weeks, several parents from several area school districts have reached out to say their child is being bullied and they don't feel their school is doing enough.
5: Maybe it's legislation, and if it takes um, going down to Indianapolis and talking to legislators, then I'm no stranger to that, and I'm, I'm willing to do that. Absolutely more can be done. Our most important job is keeping these kids safe. If their safety isn't being met, what's the point of anything else?
3: She would have days where she would just come home sobbing.
2: Ball is angry. She feels the school district didn't do enough to
3: protect her daughter's safety. The school has a list of names that Rio had given me that I handed them. Like These are the known perpetrators in this situation. Handle them.
2: Three weeks before Rio's death, she and her family met in person with the school. She says she heard nothing after that meeting. I don't know if they ever did anything. Ball says it's too late for Rio, but not for others. Because Rio's not the first.
3: Right now I'm focusing in on Elkhart because that's where we have to start. This is her new mission for Rio's Rainbow for Rio.
1: WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. Hundreds of jobs are open across northern Indiana amid a worker shortage, and yet there are also people, including some college graduates, having trouble finding work.
6: I talked with a recent college graduate who says even with a degree, there are certain employers still wanting years of on-the-job experience.
7: Because a lot of people are, um, you know, wanting that years and years of experience, which I don't have at this point, Uh, so that's a very difficult for me
6: right now as I'm sure a lot of other people are just graduating. Ashley Stewart is entering a job market unlike any other. The demand for staff is high but there are still some barriers for both workers and businesses.
0: The, the trades are becoming um, more and more sparse. So many of us that have been in the trade for 40 plus years are, are looking to retire and we need the younger workforce to come in and to pick up the ball and carry forward.
6: Even the largest meat manufacturing company in the country is having trouble filling positions, saying if they don't have the workers, it'll take longer for people to get things like bacon.
5: So our facility um, on a daily basis is anywhere between 180,000 pounds to 215,000 pounds of, of bacon per day.
6: There are a number of reasons why it can be hard to find staff. More people want a better work-life balance, along with factors out of a company's control like housing and child care.
5: We're looking at a shifting culture, a shifting culture of a a work-life balance, and TSA does offer that. They offer a work-life balance. uh, You come to work, you do your job, you go home and you be with your family.
6: Businesses are now embracing new tactics to get workers on their team from recruiting on social platforms to raising wages.
0: Well, we've been scouring social media. We send out uh, referrals. We we, uh, we look at Indeed and, and try to find all those work platforms, and that's why we're here today. We offer incentives, uh, sign-on bonuses, and, uh, and a great starting wage.
6: Ashley tells me she's hoping to get a job with ADAX since her family works there.
0: WSBT
1: 22's Taylor Gatoni reporting. A call to action in St. Joseph County, two outdoor emergency sirens were reported not working last month during a statewide test.
8: Emergency sirens are designed to alert people who are outside. If you're inside a building, you are not expected to hear it. There are 67 sirens around the county and each one is important to potentially save lives.
0: So this is a public safety issue for all of St. Joe County that we want citizen input
8: relying on citizen input, not just technology. County officials are calling on the community to verify emergency sirens are working as they should. We, it's great for us to have the system that we have. It's
5: a fantastic system, but we want to kind of pull in our citizens and really engage everybody um, in the process of our sirens.
8: Members of emergency management have limited resources when it comes to having enough ears throughout the county. So we're an office of three people, so we obviously can't be in 67 different locations at once. The sirens are tested on the first Thursday of every month at 1130 in the morning. During a statewide test last month, WSBT-22 watched and listened as two sirens remained silent.
5: There have been a couple reports, um, battery issues, things like that. There's ongoing maintenance for them all the time, so there's no like
8: particular lifespan on them. Right now, crews are working to replace those battery-powered units with electric ones. It is an investment that officials say is worth it.
4: We just want, if this if something happens, we want the availability that this is
0: going out to the community.
8: And the plan for community involvement does not end there, with leaders considering the role of a siren captain.
0: Find somebody that lives close. Hey, would you like to volunteer to be our person for... 30 seconds, one day out of the month, and I don't think people would have a problem with that.
8: But for now, they're asking for everyone to do their part and help keep themselves and neighbors safe. Call
5: us if you hear them, call us if you don't hear them. The more information, the better, so we can send our texts out to at least take a look.
8: County officials want this type of reporting to continue every single month.
1: WSBT 22's Delaney Clark reporting. Friday, April 1st, was the first day for St. Joseph County's new code enforcement program. Inspectors say they'll now be able to crack down on issues like abandoned vehicles, public nuisances, and overgrown lawns. As soon as the system went online, there were a couple of hundred complaints to start out with.
7: Considering there wasn't a place to formally complain before, one of the inspectors says it makes sense there are so many. The floodgates have opened for the code enforcement inspector's complaint inbox. Four eleven oh four ten fifty ten forty two ten thirty four ten. We gotta 15, love them. 9, We're
9: all 41. in.
3: Like, these are all the complaints that come through the website.
7: These complaints will lead the inspectors to potential violations. Wiles says they won't be patrolling people's yards, instead only responding to serious complaints. Properties like this one with abandoned cars will be affected by the new ordinances.
9: I mean, vehicles in particular, um, there's there's a lot of it. Um, and that's not just... The cars, it's, it's campers, it's, it's all sort of things, um, and, and a lot of trash.
7: Sade is one of the two inspectors for the county. He says after you fill out a complaint on the county's website, it'll be logged with the address, details,
9: and any supporting photos. So we go out to the field and verify that the complaint is there. Um, th- then we start talking from there. Um, what we'll do is, first thing we'll do is we'll leave a hang tag. Uh, with our contact information on it.
7: He says people will get multiple warnings before the county takes action. Their database will also tally if a property has more than one complaint against it.
9: And The number of duplicates we already have means it's not just one person that has a problem with this house or a concern about this property. It's, it's multiple people um, that say, this, yeah, you definitely need to come out and take a look at these.
7: If a property owner doesn't take action after getting warnings, Wiles says the county can cite repeated offenders. I asked about the possibility of hiring more inspectors to handle the influx of complaints. Wiles says they'll see what the workload is before asking to expand the program.
1: WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Payments on federal student loans were scheduled to resume May 1st after a two-year moratorium due to the pandemic but another extension is in the works.
9: The first freeze was signed into law in March of 2020, and since then it has been extended several times, but economics warn that it continues to have an expiration date. The freeze applies to 43 million Americans who owe federal student debt. Student loan payments were scheduled to resume on May 1st, but now the White House is expected to announce on Wednesday that it could be extended till the end of August.
10: Many people are claiming that still the people who own these uh, student loans are still struggling and uh, partly because inflation, partly because of the crisis that we went through because of COVID. And so the administration is trying to find a way to help uh, or at least re- uh, give some relief to the families who have to pay these student loans.
9: The Trump and Biden administration have extended the pause several times. Biden warned an extension issued in September of 2021 would be the last. But it was continued again during a spike in COVID-19 cases. With no payments and zero interest, economic experts say this freeze has helped many graduates
10: in different ways. They can pay other credit card loans or other expenses. And on the other side, what this does is it saves about $5 billion uh, per month that can go to other uh, spending in the economy, which helps the broader economy as well.
9: Bregu says there are plenty of pros to extending this pause, but there's also some cons too.
10: Many people have gotten used to this, but then once we stop this, we know that many people, about 40% of the the student loans are in danger of going to default.
9: Economists say it's important to remember this is planned to be a temporary fix. Experts say it's a good idea to budget for repayment now to make it financially easier when the pause ends. Now, while some Democratic lawmakers and advocate groups are calling for federal student loan debt to be canceled entirely, the Biden administration has resisted that pressure for now.
1: WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT radio its staff or management. Join us next week for a Community Update on Sports Radio
0: 960 AM WSBT.